It's Zoe Time. Welcome to Zoe Time Show presented by HoopsandBrews.com. I will be your host for the day, Daniel Belts, and yikes, it's just, it's not been a very good start for the Los Angeles Lakers, and to be honest, I don't know when and how it's going to get better. We are losing a lot of games that just, it comes down to the fourth quarter, and like, we thought we were going to have this closer, we thought, hey, we got LeBron this year, when we keep it close, we'll be able to actually like win the game, but that's just not how it's happening so far, and it's it's worrisome. It's definitely not the start all of us Laker fans wanted, and in the West, a terrible stretch like this, when healthy, can be what decides playoff seeding at the end, and it can actually determine if you make the playoffs or not, and after five straight seasons of missing the playoffs, we all thought, hey, LeBron's here, we're going to make the playoffs, and not trying to overreact to a seven-game stretch, but last year, just basing it off of how healthy we were able to be, the Lakers missed a lot of games last year. Like, Lonzo missed 30, Ingram missed 20, Hart missed 15 to 20, KCP was in jail. So just forecasting our record now with all of our players, for the most part, being healthy outside of the suspensions Ingram and Rondo had to serve, it's very worrisome because injuries happen. That's part of the NBA game. And the fact we're 2-5 and five right now and we're 11th in the Western Conference and the teams below us, the Rockets, the Thunder, we already know they have the players that can go on this type of run to get above 500. I was just wondering, do the Lakers have that willpower because to get to 50 wins we can only lose 27 more times we've already lost five times in seven games we still got to play the warriors four times and after watching the golden state warriors just rip through the week they went through who the hell knows like i thought 50 wins and playoffs were extremely obtainable to start the season and my expectations, my optimism, my happiness regarding Lakers basketball has gone out of the window. You can throw that shit away. I am very upset to where the season has started, how it's going, and then trajectory of just how it's happening is just not very not very pleasant. And I will be very, very surprised if there are no major changes made in December or just Man, I'm very upset. Last night, if I would have done this podcast last night, there would have been a ton of F-bombs, a ton of just just very, 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 a lot of vulgar shit would have been said last night about this actual basketball team, and yeah, it's... It's not fun to be a Lakers fan, especially if you happen to be a Dodger fan as well, because last night <laughs> the World Series didn't go as planned as well. So, yeah, like just forecasting the upcoming schedule as well, like it doesn't get easier. We have to play the Mavericks, who, yes, they might be terrible as well, but they do show signs of life. Like Luka Doncic plays very well. 
Um, DeAndre Jordan's having a fantastic year. I believe he's shooting like above 70% from the free throw line. And one game he had nine assists. So he's increased his play as well. And they also have Dennis Smith. So forecasting the upcoming schedule, it's not pleasant. We also play the Raptors. And we also play the... Um, what team was that? We play the Raptors, Mavericks, and I believe... Oh, we play the Blazers, who we have not beaten in 16 straight games. So, Looking back on it, to start the season, our first 10 games, we will probably be below 500. We can't be above it, because we already have 5 losses. The best we can do is 5-5, five and five, the worst we can do is 2-8. and eight. I'm expecting 3-7. and seven. We'll talk about this later in the prediction portion of this uh, podcast, and... I mean, at the very least, it's just this disastrous start that the Lakers have. I guess the only optimism is at least we have our pick this season. So we, if, if we are shit, we at least go into the lottery. Maybe we get lucky. Maybe the NBA rigs it since LeBron is here. Maybe we trade it. Who knows? It's just I was very much expecting this season to not be more of the same for the past five years. And... I mean, even last year, we started off 3-4. and four. At the end of our first 10-game stretch, we were 5-5. Five and five. Then injuries started to happen. And I hate to say it, but we might be... As of what it looks like right now, how we're playing, we were better last year than we are this year. And that's just a small sample size to start the season, but... We just look out of sorts. We don't look like we care on defense. We don't look like we care about rebounding. There's just a lot of flaws within how we're playing, the rotations that have been set, the coaching that's going on, the certain players like responding. And I will talk a lot about bad coaching, bad roster management, bad lineup set a lot during this um, podcast today, but it's also on the players as well because certain almost I'll say almost all players aren't producing when we lose there are a lot of reasons why we lose certain games coaching is just an aspect as well so I can say Luke's done a terrible job but certain players have done a terrible job as well and no one is how would you say it Everyone's at fault, in my opinion, for this shitstorm to happen. It's not like certain players are playing that well to where they're above the criticism. No, there are a lot of um, blame to go around, not just the coaching staff. So that's what I want to actually like get across to Laker fans, because I will complain a lot about Luke's rotations, but it also falls down onto the players not playing defense or trying as well. It's just... A very sad state of affairs to start the season, and let's just get into the first topic at hand, and that's my Wild Lakers hot take of the day, and when we first, probably in the summer, like July, September, August, when I first gave a prediction on how well the Lakers would do, I was thinking, you know what, we're going to be in the 2-5 to five range in the playoff seating in the Western Conference, we're going to be above 50 plus wins, and that just doesn't look obtainable anymore because I forecast that the teams ahead of us aren't going to fall apart maybe outside of the Minnesota Timberwolves 
once they trade Jimmy Butler and the teams below us like the Rockets Thunder will catch fire so we probably will not finish within the two to five range and my wild Lakers hot take is we're going to finish anywhere in between the seven to nine range and the Western Conference uh, seating so hopefully it's seven or eight because I don't want to have another April or May when the Lakers don't play basketball I want to see them obviously make the playoffs because I believe our young team needs to make the playoffs to get that playoff experience kind of like the Celtics got last year with their their young players and yeah so if we get seven to eight range we're probably playing the Warriors or Rockets in the first round and given what the Warriors are doing if we face the Warriors that's at best a five game series just based off of what our team looks like now and just gonna do a quick tangent about the Warriors. They look absolutely insane. And this is without DeMarcus and it's just it's incredible to see how well they play, how well they run their sets, how just free flowing that offense is when the shots are falling and it's a lot of people harp on that not being great basketball, but I actually love and enjoy watching People play offense like that. Like it looks like poetry in motion, and they're probably the best form team of all time. They're probably the best team on paper, and probably the best team in regards to win and losses where they hit the floor. They look absolutely insane. Steph Curry's having an MVP type season. Kevin Durant's having an MVP type season. Klay Thompson just hit 14 threes last night. Draymond's almost probably averaging a triple double. That team is what every team should aspire to be as efficient as they are as unselfish as they are they all play defense they all try to rebound they all close out they all hustle they don't take plays off as much as other teams do and so if we run into that fucking team in the playoffs we will get destroyed maybe against the rockets some shit happens they miss 27 straight threes to where we could upset them in the second round but i think our likelihood of playoff seeding is seven through nine and yeah like this season has i'm a very optimistic fan i'm a very optimistic person when it comes to my sport teams and through seven games the lakers said hell no like you are not going to be this way and yeah it's just been terrible like i was very excited to start the season i was just it's terrible and I'm trying not to go off on all these tangents to where we suck and you know what it's probably just going to happen later on in this podcast now let's get into the King era in Staples and it's very hard to talk about LeBron James without kind of feeling underwhelmed and what I mean by that is, obviously his stats are good. If you're just looking at the box score stats, you're not going to put any of the blame on LeBron James. And unfortunately, that's what I think a lot of his fans do. I think a lot of LeBron fans just look at stats. They're kind of like Westbrook fans in that regard where they just look at, hey, he got 27, 9, and 8, and he's shooting 50%, so he's carrying his weight. Um, 
I would say those are fantastic numbers, but they look sort of empty when you actually watch the game because he's one of the greatest players of all time, and I don't remember him ever shooting like 50%. It's always like above like 55%. So he's having his lowest probably field goal percentage of his entire career. He's also shooting 24.4% from three, which is not great. Like, that doesn't help the spacing. That doesn't help us win games. He's shooting 80% from the free throw line, but he missed those two critical free throws against the San Antonio Spurs in which we lost that game. And, I mean, he's... So, last year, we lost all these games within five points, right? And... When LeBron came, a lot of us celebrated because we're like, hey, we finally have the closer that's going to help us win games. Like, we finally have someone outside of when Kobe used to do it for us that'll, hey, when the game is on the line, we know a certain player is going to will his team to a victory. And so far this season, LeBron has not. Like, I'm not trying to sugarcoat anyone. I'm very upset with players... 1 through 15 on this roster. And, like, again, LeBron's stats are good. There's no denying that LeBron can fill a stat sheet. It's just whether that comes in a win or a loss. And I don't want to hear the LeBron has no help thing. We score enough points. Like, we're top five in points per game in the league. It's not offensively where we struggle. It's defense. And if you watch the tape, if you watch the film, if you watch us how we play... Certain teams probably attack LeBron on defense. He doesn't seem to care about closing out. He gets lost a lot. He's trying to play safety, and he gets burned a lot, and which results in a lot of open threes. He doesn't seem to care to get back on defense after like he misses a layup or he wants to complain to a ref. No one on this team is safe from criticism, and I believe that's how it should be. We're 2-5. and five. We were led to believe this was going to be a playoff team. We were led to believe that we were going to get the best player in basketball. And as of right now, LeBron's not even in the top three for, like, shit done on the court. Like, he's top five. He will always probably be top five while he's playing the game of basketball. But we do not have the best player in the NBA right now. And I'm not trying to make it seem like it's just LeBron... LeBron's fault. I will go over a ton of other like players like criticism and what they're not doing as well, but this is LeBron fucking James. When he signed here, we were thinking we were going to get the king. Yet these stats feel empty. Like we should be happier with 27 9 and 8 than we are. And I just, I don't know. He's missing a lot of easy layups that he's normally made in his, like, other seasons with Cleveland, with Miami. A lot of his teams normally start slow, so I'm hoping that's just what it is. Like, I'm hoping that we only have a slow start because this is how, like, a LeBron James-led team is. Um, it's just very worrisome, like. Especially given that he's 33, turning 34. He's probably not going to play all 82 games. Luke's also been doing some weird rotation shit with him where he sits a lot of the fourth quarter. 
So when he'd come in, you would expect him to just start being fucking Thor in Infinity Wars and just take over, but he's not. And one play last night that just really pissed me off is when he dribbled for 14 seconds and then passed it to Kuzma. Like, what are you doing? Why are you pounding the ball for 14 seconds and then trying to just pass off a missed shot to Kuzma so it doesn't affect your box score percentage. Like, I was very upset at that. You're LeBron fucking James. Do something. Don't pass it to your teammate expecting him to bail you out when he's not even open. Like, Kuzma was very closely guarded. It was a terrible fucking shot. I'm not sure why LeBron passed it to him. Like, there are so many plays to where... Like, if you actually watch... Like, you will scratch your head with just how terrible players 1 through 15 have been on this team including LeBron James like yes 27 9 and 8 that's perfect but I don't care about empty stats and that's what you'll find with a lot of Laker fans we don't care about your stats we want to see wins we don't give a shit about anything else and that's Basically, that's the whole, um, how would you call it? The whole Lakers fans versus, like, LeBron fans things in the past. Like, Laker fans would just say, hey, we don't care, get a W. LeBron fans would post his stats from Cleveland, from Miami, saying, how could you not think this is the greatest player of all time? And for what LeBron is, he probably is the greatest or the second greatest player of all time. But we don't care about stats, we care about wins. And then LeBron fans will say, hey, well, you guys haven't won much in the past five years. Well, why do you think we're so fucking pissed off? We haven't seen wins. We were led to believe LeBron joining was going to lead to a lot more wins. We won 35 games last season. Let's see just how much we win this season. Because as of right now, it does not look good. Because like I said, the games where LeBron's going to have to sit out because he's 33-34 and we're going to prevent him from injury, that's going to happen. He might actually, maybe he sprains an ankle this season. Maybe something else happens. It's going to, this season is going to be an uphill battle every single night. And I legit thought we had a closer coming into this season. And I don't know, we'll see. And... A lot of LeBron's haters out there are kind of like letting Laker fans know when the trade deadline comes around, everyone's on edge. There's a lot of like, who knows if the coaching will get fired or not. So a lot of things that um, LeBron haters kind of said going into the season about how a LeBron James-led team is it might happen around December. So we'll see if the Lakers decide to blow it up. And I don't want to say get LeBron more help because it seems like he has enough help on offense this season. It's the defensive side. It's And when it comes to defense, he's one of the main players to blame. So you can average 27, 9, and 8, but if you're giving up all these open looks on defense, not hustling, it almost evens out during the course of a game. And listen, I want to see LeBron make the playoffs as a Los Angeles Laker. I want to see this deep playoff run, but very 
It's a very shaky start for the King era in Staples, and obviously LeBron James is not sole reason number one to blame. He's probably not even in the top five for reasons to blame why we're not as good. It's just those fourth quarter stretches, we expect a lot more from you. And that's a big stain on him if he can't produce during those closing moments because that's what superstars do. Superstars take a five-point game and win it. And so far this season, it hasn't happened. So let's, I'm just hoping it's due to chemistry issues and not sure like how to play with player XYZ yet. I'm hoping they'll patch it up. Because still, 27-9-8 is impressive, but they're all also, there is also flaws to where it doesn't look so it doesn't look as great. So we'll see. Now let's get into the big shit popping, little shit stopping portion of this podcast. And today there is no big shit popping. Fuck all that happy energy. This is the this is the doomy gloomy podcast. I there are no positive things to harp on. Nothing's going well in Los Angeles. This is a terrible ass start and basically how I want to start this fucking podcast is or kind of continue this podcast is if you've seen the Scarface scene in Half Baked, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And basically to every single player on the Los Angeles Lakers. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I point at fucking Jack Nicholson in the crowd and say, you're cool, and just fuck you to all the rest of the other Lakers players. I'm not happy with how this shit is going. I'm not happy with just a lot of mental errors by every single player on the roster. And, like, I'm a huge Lonzo fan, and sometimes his energy fucking pisses me off, like... He doesn't seem to care at moments, and then he gets yanked from the game. With uh, Josh Hart, he sometimes has a lot of mental lapses on the perimeter, on the defensive side of the ball. Kuzma takes a lot of boneheaded-ass shots at times. Ingram threw that sucker punch, got suspended for four games. Uh, JaVale sometimes takes dumbass shots that he shouldn't take. KCP fucked that shit. Like... Legit, I'm not happy with anything. So this is going to be a very big little shit stop in portion of this podcast. We are the 11th seed in the West. Fuck that. We should not be 11. We have too much talent on this roster to be 11. Luke's rotations. Fuck his rotations. We put out 24 different variations of rotations yesterday. 20 fucking 4. I don't even know how you can come up with 24 different lineups. What in the hell have you done as a head coach the past three seasons? Like, you should know which player should fit into a rotation that you like. You haven't changed any of your playstyle adjustments over three years. I don't know what it is you're actually doing. Luke, you're a great guy. You're funny as hell. You're a good player's coach. But when it comes to X's and O's, what in the fuck are you doing? Like, what are we doing out on the basketball court? It looks like we're running simple-ass high school sets. You watch a whole bunch of other teams in the NBA. They get a lot of good and great, great shots. We play to our strengths when Lonzo's in the game, right? 
we run the we run we push the tempo we get easy shots in transition when he puts in rondo we struggle in the half court sets like i don't understand what it is we actually do and then i don't get playing rondo lonzo and lebron all at the same time i don't understand that those are three players that want to do the exact same thing and then you throw in javel who can't create for himself so there are a bunch of terrible ass rotations going on that aren't that hard for the fan to see so if i can see this shit and i'm not putting in the amount of hours you are to actually watch this shit how can we see this is not going to work but you don't and you continue to try dumb ass shit and for all the things i was right about in the offseason i was very wrong about lance stevenson's ability to play in the fourth quarter lance stevenson has been a bright spot in the fourth quarter Yet in the past two games, he's gone away from playing Lance in the fourth quarter. Why is that? When Lance played against the Suns and the Nuggets in the fourth quarter, positive things happened. We won those two games. When he paired Lance with Lonzo, positive things happened. Like, what in the hell like is going on? I just don't understand it. Defensively, we are atrocious. When are we at our worst on defense? Is when Rondo and LeBron share the court together because they both just want to play safety and not play individual defense. So when those two are in the game together, our defense is terrible. So no matter how much assists or layups Rondo makes, when he and LeBron are in there together on defense, it's atrocious. Like, I... I don't want to completely just trash Rondo because you can look at his stats and say he's playing fine. But again, in basketball, there are more than just stats. It's, do you defend? Do you play defense? Do you hustle? Are you playing team basketball on offense? Or are you just pounding the rock for 14 straight times and assist hunting? That's just what a lot of people miss because a lot of people don't stay up late enough to watch Laker games on the West Coast. So then they'll just wake up the next morning and say, hey, well, Rondo had 10, 8, and 7, shot 50%. It's not his fault they lost. I'm like, watch the fucking tape. It's not fucking rocket science to realize when we're at our best is when it's a free-flowing, moving offense when we're running. When we're playing team defense, when people are actually caring about individual offense. I mean, individual defense while playing team offense. Our defense is just atrocious, like, I don't know. Like, one of the bright spots on defense has been JaVale's rim protection. Outside of that, we haven't really played... No one's really played any sort of good defense. Lonzo had five steals that one game against, I believe, the Suns or the Nuggets. Outside of that, it's been very... Eh. Josh Hart on defense? Eh. Kuzma on defense? Eh. Just a bunch of terrible individual performances on the defensive side of the ball. And then that leads into rebounding. We are terrible. I've seen so many offensive rebounds go to the team that leads to a wide open three. So defensive rebounding are two of the most atrocious things our team is doing right now, right? Guess who is one of the best players on our team at doing those? Lonzo. Guess who doesn't get fucking played in the fourth quarter because we're playing fucking Franklin the Turtle? Lonzo doesn't play in the fourth quarter. Our defense and rebounding woes show completely when he's not playing in the fourth. 
And like I said, no one is absolved from just catching the hatred towards me today because I am fed up. Like, I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of seeing the Lakers lose. And while Alonzo is one of my top favorite players on this team, he deserves a lot of criticism as well. Every single player on this roster deserves criticism. No one is above that. But I do believe Lonzo should be playing 30-plus minutes per game. But again, he has his faults to where he looks lackadaisical on the court as well. So just during this little shit stopping portion, I'm not trying to like just single out Rondo when I've also named a lot of other players as well. So I'm not just player hating on a certain player. I'm player hating on every fucking player on this roster. KCP, I don't ever want to see you fucking play again. What are you doing on the basketball court? Like, what happened from last season to this season? Are we just not getting you open looks? Because I've seen you take open looks this season and you're not making it. Like, what is going on? Are you out of rhythm? Do you not like that Josh Hart or Ingram took your spot at the starting shooting guard position? Do you not like the fact that Lance plays over you as well? And, again, we could forgive the terrible shooting. Sometimes shots fall, sometimes they don't. But what are you doing on the defensive side of the ball? You look lost as well. It doesn't seem like you're putting the onus on being one of the team's best defender like you were last season. This season, you look like utter trash. And I hope you turn that around, but... Dude, you're making, what, $12 million this year? You made $18 million last year, so with the two years in LA, you got basically a two-year $30 million contract. $15 million each for each year. You do not look like a player that should be making over $10 million a year. You look like a player that should be getting the vet fucking men. And who knows, next season you might get that somewhere else. I want to see you turn it around. Because from last January through April, you shot very well from three. You played good team basketball and you played defense. This season you look like fucking me out there trying to play basketball in the NBA. I would look lost and look very confused. And that's what you look like right now. Also, mad at the training staff. What the hell is happening with Mo Wagner? He's not back yet. He's playing for the South Bay Lakers, but he's been gone from fucking July to now. And it's almost November. What the hell happened with the fucking knee contusion? Like, I am just fucking frustrated with all of this bullshit. I'm tired of this just... Us Laker fans, we want to be good. We want to be great. We're not seeing any of that shit now. We're seeing our team keep it close and then do a lot of boneheaded shit in the fourth quarter. Luke not play the certain players we want. If we're going to have this thing be a building year, if we're going to have this thing like try and develop for the young players, why are we playing one-year players over the future? Like, Why are we giving minutes to players that won't be here for the 2019-2020 season over our young guys? I understand now why maybe D'Angelo Russell, Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle had problems with Luke's coaching rotations, with him sitting them out in the fourth quarter. Why are we playing players that are losing us games in the fourth quarter while also sitting the guys that are going to be here for the long run? I don't understand this shit at all. Maybe I'm not seeing something. Maybe I'm completely missing the picture. But what we're doing now is not winning games. 
And obviously, when Rondo is playing actual minutes, it seems to affect Lonzo in some sort of way. It's where Lonzo realizes he has a short leash. So maybe with Lonzo realizing he has a short leash, he's not able to try the things that he wants to try, so he just kind of looks stagnant out there. Like, he's just making the safe play instead of trying other things. So where he's... How would you say that? Like, in the NFL, if you're a quarterback knowing you have a short leash, you'll hit the checkdowns instead of trying to throw for a 30-40 to yard pass in the air that looks open, but you're like, hey... If the defender makes a good play on the ball or I underthrow it or overthrow it in the slightest incomplete pass, incomplete, pl- incomplete pass. So instead, I'll throw this three-yard check down instead of actually trying something. That's what I feel like is happening with the whole Lonzo-Rondo thing. With Rondo being there, Lonzo knows if he fucks up, Luke's going to yank him and just play Rondo for 10, 15 straight minutes. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to go out there, but I'm not going to completely try this because I know, hey, if I fuck if I fuck up, I'm out. But also, Lonzo has to have that mentality, you know what, who the fuck cares? I'm going to do what I feel like is best for the team and actually play freely. So again, I blame the coach and I blame individual players. I'm not just putting the onus on Luke. Like, I realize we are deeply flawed from A to Z. And if we're going to correct this train wreck Players need to step up. Coaches need to step up. Everyone needs to step up and play their part. Stop fucking over-dribbling. I hate over-dribbling. You watch a Laker game, you watch a Warrior game. Completely different fucking ideals. Completely different play styles. Completely different results. And, man. That was, that was a little... That was a little much. I understand. I am just not happy. Last night, if I were to recorded this, this would have been a lot worse. I would not have been articulate. I probably would have been cussing every other fifth word. I'm cussing a lot right now. It's just last night would have been terrible. Let's get to our first uh, segment of the day, and that's about Brandon Ingram. And I'm, you know what? Glad he's back. He. Definitely needs the experience of this actual season. I am very surprised he was only suspended for four games. That's over and done with. He came out and he attacked last night. He looked very assertive in the first half. I don't know why we went away with that in the second half. Like, I mean, I kind of understand why we played Rondo more. So, when we play Rondo more minutes, he takes away from like other players shining, right? He takes the ball out of their hands he assist hunts right and when that happens hey you might get a wide open layup because of it for the most part he's going to waste 14 to 20 seconds just over dribbling that shit and then passing out at the very last second to try and get a basket when he was out in the first half ingram basically had the ball and he attacked in a bunch of different scenarios he made a very beautiful move where he finished with his left hand in the paint. He was knocking down corner threes. Um, he was knocking down his mid-range stuff. He looked assertive on defense. It's just him. It's going to come down to foul trouble. For whatever reason, I don't think he's gotten the memo on the freedom of movement thing. Because he's playing defense very physically outside on the perimeter. 
Like, he is definitely putting his hands on the opponent. So, like, a lot of the foul trouble that he's gotten in is on himself. Like, he needs to realize, hey, I need to stop fucking grabbing people on the perimeter. When he does that, he'll be able to stay out of foul trouble, play more minutes, and hopefully, like, just make a bigger impact on the defensive side of the ball because if you look at the first Laker games that he's played, the free throw differential is just insane. Part of the reason that happens is because Ingram fouls very early in quarters, right? And what happens when you foul early in quarters The other team gets in the bonus, so after every fucking foul they make, or we make, they take two free throws. That's a huge reason why we're losing games as well. So, if he's able to stay out of foul trouble early in quarters, the other team won't be in the bonus as early as they are, meaning they won't get free points, the free throw differential between the Lakers and the opponent won't be as drastic, and we might be actually able to win these games. Um... One thing that a lot of people have pointed out is when LeBron is on the court, Brandon Ingram doesn't really score. And, like, he just kind of looks lost out there as well because Ingram and LeBron want to do a lot of the same things. They want to get the ball in a lot of the same areas. So when LeBron is it, Ingram's kind of, like, taking a a step back, right? And hopefully they become better at playing together because you look at ooh, sorry about that you look at LeBron James and you look at Kyle Kuzma they play very well together Kuzma's always cutting and it's normally results into a lot of easy baskets for Kyle Kuzma with Ingram we don't see that yet um, maybe Ingram needs to get better at cutting and playing off the ball because right now Brandon Ingram is a very good on-ball player we just kind of need him to make that jump on off-the-ball type stuff, right? And maybe LeBron James needs to play better off-ball as well around Brandon Ingram because Brandon Ingram can pass you the ball. He can get you open. He can play make for others. So we'll see. I have no idea what the season holds. Like, I thought I had a clearer picture to start the season, but I have no idea. With all the trade rumors that are going to happen, I assume Brandon Ingram's name will always be in a trade rumor. He's extremely fucking talented. I don't want him to go elsewhere, but if this season stays the way it's going, I don't think Magic and Palenka are going to just keep their hands behind their back and not make a move. I believe if this shit does not work out by game 30, we will make a move. And the only players that probably can get equal talent or close to talent back would be Ingram, Lonzo, and Kuzma, so... Hell, I think one of those, if this continues to happen, one of those players is gone this season. So, And obviously, I don't want that. I want the Lakers to turn it around. I think there are certain things they can do. Um, Yeah, it's just, if we're going to get this season back on track, we need to play our best players 30-plus minutes. Our best players are LeBron, Kuzma, Ingram, Lonzo, Hart. So all those players need to get 30-plus minutes per game. I feel like it's a slap in the face when they don't because, like, what are we trying to do? Like, it'd be a different thing if Rondo, um, if Rondo and KCP were leading us to wins out there, right? But they're not. So it's like, if we're going to play these vets and not win, why are we playing these vets? I want to see Ingram get 30 plus minutes. Like, I. 
need to see him continue to make the jump off the ball. He needs to get better at like defense defense as well. Like, he has all the physical tools to be a very good defender. But for whatever reason, he hasn't put it together yet. And I'm just not sure. And if we look at, um, not Demarius, uh, I'm a Broncos fan. Demarius Thomas just got traded to the Houston Texans, so that's obviously on my mind as well. But so far this season, Brendan Ingram's averaging 17 points and 4 rebounds. He's shooting 51% from the field, 30% from 3, 70% from the free throw line. Um, I just need to see more. Like, I need to see more from every single player. Like Brandon Ingram played very well in that first half last night, but then in the second half, like I don't know. Like I just don't know what happens. I do not know what happens to our team in the fourth quarter. Like we play very well for the first three quarters, and then boom. Like we just forget how to play team basketball in the fourth quarter. And it shows. We lose to teams that have been in the playoffs last year. We lose to teams that have been there before. And just no idea. Like Again, Ingram's only 21. I believe he's going to be a top 10 player in the NBA someday. But, whew, like I just don't know. Like Luke, the team, they have a lot to figure out within the next 10 to 15 days. And, like, we'll see. Like, do we play Ingram at the two, the three, the four? Like, I just don't know. Very, very confused at to, as to how this Laker team can turn it around. Like, just a lot of holes on this roster. Hopefully we figure that out around December, January. And I do want Ingram to be one of the players that stays. Like, I want him to be the face of the franchise for a long time to come. Like you saw, you saw the flashes of greatness in the first half last night. You saw him knock down the threes. You saw him hit the mid range. You saw him finish with contact around the rim. You saw him just abuse players that he should abuse this early in his career. And now let's get into the Lonzo Ball segment of this podcast. And like, I get it. Like, at times, I understand why Luke Walton takes Lonzo out. Like, I get it. There are some portions of the game that Lonzo does not look engaged to. But what I don't understand is, why do you take Lonzo out for 10 to 12 straight minutes? How is a player going to respond when they're sat for 10 to 12 12 straight minutes? The energy is obviously not there. The rhythm is obviously not there. Just very... Very tough to get in rhythm, very tough to play well when you're yanked that often for that period of time. I don't ever see teams yank players for more than like five to eight minutes. Yet Lonzo's playing, or Lonzo's sitting 10 to 12 straight minutes on the bench every time he gets taken out, and I just don't get it. You've seen the blueprint for when Lonzo plays well. That's the Suns and Nuggets game. That's when he gets 30 plus minutes He's able to get the free-flowing kind of style of play he wants to. It's a set spot. He is closing games. And like we see what it takes for Lonzo to be successful. Picking up full court, playing energetic, knocking down the open three-point shot. Because everything else he'll do very well. He'll play very good individual uh, defense. He'll play extremely good 
Um, team defense, he'll rebound well, he'll play make for others, he'll push the tempo. The ball is never stuck in his hands. It's very team flowing. So, like, we see why Lonzo should play more, but I'm just not sure why he's not. Like, I don't get the infatuation that the coaching staff has with Rondo, and just just not sure where this team goes from here with Lonzo, because if we're going to continue to close games with Rondo, like, I believe, I believe Lonzo deserves a chance to become the player he's going to become. And if we're going to play Rajon Rondo this amount of minutes in the fourth quarter when the games actually matter, Lonzo deserves the opportunity to flourish, and maybe that's elsewhere. Because as of right now, I don't see the infatuation with Rondo ending. And look, I do ne I never want to trade Lonzo Ball. I, mean, I want him to be a member of the Lakers as long as Ingram is. But if we're not going to use him correctly, which I find it extremely hard not to use a player who's that unselfish, who sees the game the way that he does, that plays probably, he's probably the best or the second best defender on the team, probably a top five rebounder on the team. I don't understand how you not use his skill set correctly. They did it extremely well at Chino Hills. They did it extremely well at UCLA for whatever reason. Luke can't figure out how to play a player that can fit in any system. So I just don't get it. So for him to become the player I think he needs to become, he either needs a new coach in Los Angeles, but even saying that, who else is out there? Like if we fired Luke, I don't see any replacement that's going to fix anything as well because all of the um, fired coaches like what Mark Jackson, Kevin McHale, and others are also extremely trash at developing players. So I just I don't see I don't see a correct coach out there. So that's probably why we stick with Luke because the options out there are terrible. And like regarding Lonzo Ball, he's actually shooting decent from three this season. Um, I believe it's at thirty-seven percent. Let me just check real quick. I believe he is. Yeah, he's at 36% from three this season. He's actually at 44% from the field. Uh, from the field, so I mean the numbers are up from last season. They're up five percent from three, eight percent from the uh, field goal range. It's just his rebounds are down, his assists are down, and his points are down, and that's because he's not playing as much minutes. Lonzo is very effective when he plays all these minutes, and he's not getting those minutes. So again, it's partly on him for looking lackadaisical out there and it's also on the coaching staff for just not extending that leash Lonzo is is probably outside of LeBron he and Ingram should be the faces of the franchise and yet we're treating him how we treated D'Angelo Russell where you just yank him if he's not playing up to your standards all the fucking time and that's a big thing for me because if Luke's doing that for Lonzo, I get it. But you better have that same energy with every single player on the fucking court. Because if you're pulling Lonzo because he looks lackadaisical on one end of the ball, our whole entire team looks that fucking bad all the time. 
Rondo does not look engaged on defense. LeBron does not look engaged on defense. Yet the leash is very long with him. With Lonzo, it's short. Why is that? With LeBron, I get it. He's LeBron. But it's fucking Rondo who's only here for a year. Luke said that Rondo was an elite point guard to start the year. And that's probably where it comes from. Luke sees something in Rondo that no one else sees. Like, my uh, my younger brother is a Sacramento King fan. And he messaged me last night saying, Hey, how do you like Rondo so far? Knowing exactly how I was going to respond. He saw this in Sacramento when he played with uh, Rudy Gay and DeMarcus. He realizes Rondo will get you 10 assists. But it's, it comes at a cost. It comes at a cost of terrible defense and just lack of ball movement throughout the whole team. And... Like, I get it. Lonzo needs to knock down shots at a higher rate when he's wide open. He needs to find ways to impact the game when he's not scoring. Like that Suns game. He needs to have that same energy he had versus the Suns versus everyone else. And he had that for the Nuggets game. You look at Ron, or you look at Lonzo's two best games of the season. Both came without Rondo being in the lineup. So there's obviously something there. I'm not just making that shit up. It's there's something there. Um, it's just I don't even know how long Lonzo's gonna start now because the past few games that Rondo came back, Lonzo's had two below average games. Like I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. He has not played well in the two games that Rondo came back from. So I wonder how long he's going to have a starting spot for because. Luke has shown he likes to play Rondo, so I wouldn't be surprised if Rondo starts very soon. It's going to come to a point in this season where I think we need to choose one or the other. Because we can't continue to play both of them together with LeBron. And just not sure how this season is going to play out. Very nervous for the potential trades that are made. And if we do actually trade Lonzo, trade him to a team where the coach actually knows how to run proper sets and use his skill set correctly. And that transitions into the next like segment of this podcast. And like Luke, you're my guy. Like you won titles with he, with us as a player. You're very easygoing. You're very charismatic with players. But man, when it comes to X's and O's, you're pathetic. We run terrible fucking plays out of timeouts. It doesn't look like we have any semblance of a half-court offense. It all looks forced. All the shots we take are... There just never seems to be an open shot. I don't know what we went over in preseason. I don't know what you installed over the summer. I don't know. I really don't know what we're running out there. Like, I tried to get a familiarity with the plays that we're running with like certain players and it's just it's a shit show i don't ever know what we're running like with you watch a gold a good team like the spurs the warriors even the new look raptors with nick nurse at the helm they have a system that look that works that gets their players easy baskets in their preferred spots with us that's not how it's happening and either the players are running the plays incorrectly or we're just putting them in situations where they're not going to succeed. And something needs to change within the two. 
either we need to run better plays for them or our players need to actually succeed in the plays that you're telling them to run or implementing during practice time or preseason. And, like, I, like, again, like I said, there are probably no other coaches out there that are going to be better than Luke is right now, but at least, like, in the NBA circuit. I don't know if we take a chance on a college coach. I don't know if a college coach makes the jump from the NCAA to the NBA, but just right now, it just doesn't look good for Luke Walton lasting the entire season, because... We've seen LeBron and coaches clash before. We've seen, like, that whole patience quote with LeBron last night. We'll see. Like, I I just don't know. Like, I, I guess that could be a theme for this podcast is I just don't know anymore. And, like, I don't know who's going to be here. I don't know who's going to succeed. I don't know who's going to be the coach. When in the summertime and after the nuggets when i thought we had a glimpse as to what we can expect for the year to like play out with and the last two games we just fucking threw it out of the window and now we're back to oh no we suck again and it'll be very interesting to see if this team can turn it around i hope we do we're scoring enough points we're shooting well enough from the field it's just when it counts we're terrible and on the defensive side we are terrible now let's get into the prediction time of this podcast, and I kind of went over it um, earlier in this podcast, but the next three games, we play the Mavericks, we play the Raptors, and we play the Blazers. I am expecting us to go one and two, because as of right now, that's the only thing I can actually forecast and see. We're going to beat the Mavericks. It should be an, not an easy win, but at least a five to ten point win. Um... I saw somewhere we are we have still yet to see like a LeBron game where he wins us the game. And on the flip side of that, we also haven't seen a LeBron game yet. So it's like a pro and con. Like It's sad that we haven't got that yet, but we haven't got that yet. So you can expect that to come soon. So we'll see. Hopefully... The Mavericks game is an easy game. Hopeful, hopeful, hopeful. Because if we go 0-3 on that stretch, we're going to be 2-8, and and the jokes, the laughs are going to like just come at us. We play the Raptors and Blazers as well in this stretch, and I don't think we beat either team unless Kawhi Leonard rests when we play him. For whatever reason, the Portland Trailblazers are just a matchup problem for us as we've lost 16 straight. Dame scoring very well this season. Um, it seems like he took that sweep in the playoffs to heart and he's going out there with a mission to prove. Um, I believe it's in, is it in Portland? It might be. And then I believe the Raptors game is at home, but I just, I don't see us beating either of those two teams. So that'll have us at three and seven. And after 10 games, that's a terrible 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 mark we were five and five last year um to start the season and for all the shit we laker fans talked over the summer with all the people that we tweeted at during the summer after we got lebron for all the noise we've talked this is a very dull season i guess we kind of 
popped our uh, bubble too soon without watching this team actually like play and yeah I'm embarrassed by the team's performance I'm embarrassed by a lot of the shit that's going on um, I predict that fans will be crazy on the timeline if we lose just like me like normally I'm kind of composed after losses last night I let off a lot of tweets that were just fucking tired of this shit like this is going to be a very up and down year, and that's something I did not expect. With a LeBron James-led Lakers team, I was expecting there to be a lot more ups than there would be downs. And again, we're in the Western Conference. This is not going to get easier. We got to play the Rockets like two to three more times. We got to play the Blazers two to three more times. We got to play the Warriors four times. We got to play the Raptors twice. We got to play the Celtics twice. Sixers twice. We gotta play the um who else is really good in the west i've already gone over the warriors the rockets um who knows maybe the thunder played very well against us we've already lost two games to the spurs we lost to the timberwolves without andrew wiggins there is not a lot of easy wins in the western conference i guess you can chalk up four easy wins against the um phoenix suns but that's about it in our division. The Clippers look very, I wouldn't say very good, but they look decent. The Kings are surprisingly better than a lot of than what a lot of us thought. The Kings are 4 and 3. They have a winning record after 7 games and they play the Orlando Magic tonight followed by I think the Atlanta Hawks. There's a very good chance the Kings could be 6 and 3 to start the season. There are other teams making a leap that we haven't made yet this season. Which after last season it looked like we were ready to take this leap. And the more and more games go by that we lose, the more and more um, it looks like we definitely fucked up by on not signing Julius Randle. Because he's playing very well in New Orleans, they're winning, we're not winning in LA. So this is going to be a very up and down year, and I was expecting smooth sailings once we signed LeBron, who is a top 5, top 3 player of all time, yet... Who knows? This might be like the Titanic where it's just a complete dumpster fire. It'll be very strange to see a playoffs without LeBron James in it if, in fact, we do not make the playoffs. So, yeah, hopefully next week I'm in a much better mood after watching bullshit, but we'll see. This is going to be a... It's going to be a very funny year. Like, last year it was easy to talk after losses because we were a very young team. We didn't have that superstar to go to in the fourth. This year we do, and the results are still staying the same. I'm not fine with mediocrity, especially when you have a top five talent in the NBA. So if some shit needs to change, make sure you guys follow along at Zotime Podcast on Twitter. Interact with me. Talk that shit. Do whatever the hell you want. I don't give a fuck right now. The Lakers suck. Donkey balls and... This has been Daniel Belts. Until the next time, let's try and get some W, Lakers. Let's just let's just try and get some easy wins. Because we need it. We need it for my sake. We need it for every other fan out there's just mental state. Get some wins. Let's just get back to where we need to be and have a very blessed week, Laker fans. <laughs>